Well, I was just breaking and entering. I finally <laughs> find you in your house. Can I borrow some stuff forever? And I give it back? No. Okay. I don't. I, yeah. I, I took some stuff already, but you can have it back. No. Yeah, I, here's no. that fake leg. And all the cheese that I stuffed in my pants. <laughs> I got a pant full of cheese. <laughs> I, pant <Sounds> cheese. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> what? Hello everyone, welcome to I Don't Get It. Uh, I'm Fonda and I'm here with a very special guest today. His name is Trent Wilkie. Hi everybody, I'm Trent Wilkie. And who are you, Trent? You're a man about town. You do all sorts of things. Yeah, I do a whole bunch of stuff. I uh, am a writer for uh, the Edmonton Examiner, and I do a lot of other things. I do comedy with Mostly Water Theater. I do... Uh, I'm a dad. Yeah, you're a dad. Yeah, I know. That's like the, the big update since last time Trent was on the show, uh, we went to see Ailey 2 at yep. the Jubilee, which was pretty cool. Very and cool. since then, you became a dad. Yes, which means I had sex. Oh, God. Yep, I did. <laughs> and I'm bragging about it. That's the only reason I tell people I'm a dad. The baby's not adopted. He is ours. I'm adopted, so I can make an adopted joke. All right. Okay. Sweet Lord. So anyway, we went to go see uh, Alberta Ballet's Don Quixote. Actually, yes. we went to see two performances. We did. We saw Don Quixote and we saw the opening of the Brian Webb dance season with uh, Toronto Dance Theatre. But let's talk about Don Quixote first. Yeah, yeah. So um, I know that you know the story of Don Quixote. Do. You you grew up with the, uh, the book. I did. It was one of my favorite books. I also grew up with the Mr. Magoo version of Don Quixote, oh. which was, you know, Mr. Magoo, the, the guy with the glasses, the cartoon. He did a donkey. Anyway, it was uh, it's, uh, very near and dear to me, so I was very interested to see uh, the ballet version of it, and I was uh, not let down. It was very interesting. I really liked it. Yeah, so for Alberta Ballet, it was the first time that they've ever produced Don Quixote, and it was, um, it was using the same choreography and sets and costumes that the Houston Ballet actually used for their production. And I have to say that the the actual production itself physically design-wise was great. It was lovely to watch. The it was huge sets. The costumes mm -hmm. were probably some of my favorite that I've seen in one of the narrative story ballets. And yeah, also featured Alberta Ballet's artistic director taking the stage for the first time in, I think, 20-some years, Jean Grandmaitre, yeah. playing the role of Don Quixote yeah. in his kind of old man madness. Yeah, it was really, it was just something to watch, to watch the whole thing unfold. And that set, like you just said, it was, like, even they were even using stagecraft and stuff like that with the shadows and with uh, the, the veils coming down and the, 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 the lighting from behind to use as ghosts. Yeah, lots of scrims to so kind of, like, illustrate those weird visions that, that he has. Yeah. And that kind of thing. So, what did you actually think of the dancing, though? Well, the dancing. Um, it, uh, to be honest, uh, the 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 second half or the, the of the three. There were three the, acts. Yeah, yeah. The, of the three uh, acts, uh, the middle one was by far my favorite, just because it was the most Fantasia-like. It was a fantastic, you know, beautiful um, homage to uh, what was going on in and Coyote's head. But uh, the dancing was just absolutely beautiful. It was exactly what I thought I was going to be when we were talking about classical ballet. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just to watch just the ability that those people had. Just their butts <laughs> were amazing. That guy's butt. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, he had a beautiful butt. Yes, Trent is talking about um, Haciel Gomez 
his butt because on the night that we saw it, October 3rd, he played Basilio, Mm -hmm. who is the um, lover or suitor to Kitri, who is the sort of main female role, Mm -hmm. played uh, beautifully by Aina Gutierrez. And it was, um, so in the three acts, essentially, the first act is sort of like the townspeople. They're Mm -hmm. sort of establishing this romance between Kitri and Basilio Mm -hmm. and Don Quixote and uh, Sancho, of course, come through the town and everybody just sort of loves them in their silliness. Act two is when Don Quixote really goes into sort of the dream vision state. And that's where we get to see um, the gypsies do their dance, which was great. They had these long skirts. Um, all the partner work was really cool. Uh, Kelly McKinley, one of Alberta Ballet's coolest guys, played the Gypsy Chief, and um, he had some really great solo moments. Um, also in that second act were um, Dulcinea, the vision of Dulcinea, also played by Ina Gutierrez. Uh, so the vision of Dulcinea comes into Don Quixote's mind, and she's dancing with all of these dryads. Now, the dryads have to be probably like the prettiest, loveliest thing in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, I don't know, maybe 10 or It looked so like double digits for sure. There was more than three. Yes. I can guarantee that. Upwards of 50. Yeah. yeah. So, so, but like a good chunk of the ballet corps dressed in these like really lovely classical ballet, you know, tutus and, and bodices and just moving really ethereally and mm. lovely. I ha- One of the interesting things about the choreography is because it is, it is quite an old ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the unique and interesting things about it is that the movement is actually quite adagio. It's quite slow and controlled. And that is something that's really unique and interesting and may not actually be as like interesting or virtuosic as, I don't know, some of the really, really fast movement mm-hmm. or like quick footwork, say, that you might see in Swan Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, but this ballet, the, the, the control and the actual... Um, focus that some of the movement had to take, especially the lifts. Um, it was a lot like they were floating. Like it was so like control is the perfect word because when they left the ground, it was not some sort of jarring leap. It was a you know it was like they were on on wires. They floated up and they floated down and they held almost. They suspended in air when they were doing their jumps and it was just it was it was very beautiful to watch because it was like you said it was ethereal and everything just sort of had that air of. I don't want to say madness for Coyote, but that uh, that air of fantasy, and that's what made the dancing just really, really beautiful. And, and I just wanted to add, uh, I said that the, the second act was my favorite, but I, I do like them all, and at no point was I ever lost. I always knew what was going on. It was that well done oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. throughout the story. So for, for it being my first ballet, I mean, mm-hmm. I could have been, uh, you know, I could have been completely lost throughout the whole thing, but I just found that the storytelling at Four Ballet was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the storytelling was super clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think in some, in a lot of ways, you know, these ballets they kind of open with a lot of pantomime and gesturing, so that you kind of get what's going on. You mm-hmm. they establish the characters really early, and then you can just sort of like watch and enjoy. It. And this one was just very enjoyable to watch. You didn't have to do a lot of thinking or like, you know, you know, <laughs> mind working to see it. So then Act Three finishes up kind of back in the town um 
Kitri and Basilio end up getting together and there's sort of like a wedding, which is actually kind of like a huge dance off. <laughs> um, and, and, and it was great and it's lovely and joyful in the end, even though um, you kind of know that Don Quixote dies slash goes crazy. <laughs> crazy dies. Actually, he, he goes into the ether, I think. I think it's a wonderful yes, way of... He goes he into the, on he goes the, into the ether yeah. on a horse. Yes. A real horse. Exactly, yeah. There was a real horse in the ballet. Twice in the ballet. And it didn't dance. It just sort of walked around but wow it was a horse yeah and uh it was <laughs> you know when you have an animal that size on stage with that many people the first thing you think of oh my gosh safety 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 <laughs> but at no point was i ever worried about that you know safety to... safety or horse poop oh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was the first thing i screamed i'm sorry i screamed that by the way <laughs> i thought i really you know nobody really they noticed, can but... <laughs> hear you stop yelling <laughs> the horse is definitely gonna poop everybody <laughs> anyway i got carried out at that point but uh, no just kidding no it was great and it was it was all safe and and that's one of the things about theater and mm -hmm. ballet is a, it was a theatrical version you always want to make sure you, you never want to get too much involved in the in the sword fights and then in the horses on stage thinking that it's going to be dangerous but it was wonderful beautiful and the horse had big fluffy shoes on which i really enjoyed yes <laughs> there were there were horse slippers on the horse so that it didn't damage the marley floor who's right the, who's the gentleman in the big floppy hat who's that character i never got to get that guy's name uh, i'm trying to think of what was he doing he was the the sort of the bad guy oh he was sort of the dandy guy yeah the dandy yeah guy. who was dressed in like a really pastel costume yeah. Yes, he played a character named Gamache, yeah. um, played by Blair Puente, who is one of Alberta Ballet's really cool character type dancers. Um, I've seen him play... I think it's the Mad Hatter when we saw Alice in Wonderland years back, but he's he's a really cool guy. He hasn't been in the core for uh, a year or two maybe now because I think he's actually like the company manager. Oh, okay. um, so but he played a really really interesting role, and he was sort of the comic relief of the, he of was, the show. He was he was fun to watch. He was this he weird dandy that was yeah. trying to get with Kitri <laughs> that nobody liked, and he ended up marrying a barmaid. Yeah, was, he, he got the biggest laughs of the night. It was great. Sure. Yeah. So, but Trent, as yeah. your first ballet. Uh -huh. Your first classical ballet that you saw was um, was there anything about the performance that surprised you? Yeah, I was surprised by the the going to a lot of theater. You know, if two people are talking on stage and they're the focal point, you're not supposed to draw attention away from that, right? So if you're in the peripheral, you just sit there and mime a little bit. But the, the amount of activity going on over the whole set, people in the uh, in the uh, just up on the bridge part of the the, the, the stage. And in the sides, they were all active, mm -hmm. but they were emoting active, and they were not in any way drawing away from the main dancers and the main uh, the main scene that was going on. And I just thought at any moment I could just look around and see something interesting going on, it would have, whether it was on the peripheral or in the back, or if I wanted to watch the the main focus. So completely blown away by the amount of activity and uh, just, uh, you know, organized chaos. You know, it was beautiful and, and very, very not disjointing. I didn't feel at any point that uh, I was being distracted. I knew what was going on. I just really enjoyed that. I thought the ballet would be far more... Look at the single person in the middle of the stage, you know, <laughs> kicking butt and taking names. But no, there was just so much activity going on that there was always something interesting to watch. Right. And I think that, that uh, the whole sort of way that they were able to establish the whole universe on the stage, mm -hmm. I think it really speaks to the growth and size that Alberta Ballet has become now. 
Um, Alberta Ballet, I at least they told us this at the beginning of the show, Alberta Ballet is the third largest ballet company in Canada and the fifth largest in North America. That's amazing. That uh, amazing so thing. that's great that we have that in Edmonton here. And they are doing, um, the work they're doing now is just great. E even if you, you know, like the classical narrative stuff that I, frankly, I don't always enjoy. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of, I don't know, simple and not as interesting as some of the really <laughs> like edgy contemporary new things. Um, this ballet I enjoyed thoroughly. It was um, it was just entertaining, and uh, and the the quality of the dancing is just fantastic. And and again, just the, the actual stage, the setting of the stage, just mm -hmm. uh, was just so well done, and it was so it was a world that drew you into it, and you were comfortable there. Yeah, 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 it was it was very fantastic way to step up the uh, the production value. Really, totally, totally, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I guess now to totally contrast that with something else, <laughs> um, we saw the opening of the Brian Webb dance season. Um, Toronto Dance Theatre was here with a piece called Eleven Accords, uh, choreographed by Christopher House in collaboration with the performers. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so what do you think of that one? Uh, two, like you said, two completely different things, but at the same time, fundamentally the same. Um, wonderful dancing, uh, different styles, but... Um, uh, there's a saying, you know, people say, well, what's your, what's your favorite band? And I say, I like good music. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was good, good dance. And I can, and I, at least I know I can see good dance now. I can tell it apart from, well, bad dance, mm -hmm. which is my dance, uh, <laughs> my interpretive dance. Uh, I mean, but, like uh, you dancing yourself is yes, bad dance? Yes, yes, oh, in I the see. mirror. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. But, uh, but uh, no, it's just, it was, it was very, it was like I had mentioned earlier to you, it was like watching a fish tank of yeah. a beautifully colored uh, fish, but then again, not really colored fish, and they were just moving in schools, and and it was very, it was very much, um, it was animalistic in the way that they moved. It was flowy, and it was, uh, it, it was very much in sync together, but at the same time. Uh, doing their own thing, much like a you know a flock of birds or a school. Yeah, yeah. Sort of to give like sort of set it up a little bit. I guess the piece is set to Steve Reich's um, music for eighteen musicians, which totally like blew the music world apart in nineteen seventy nine. Really took uh, um, people for a loop because it's such an interesting piece. It's very. It's very dense mm -hmm. in, in in that it's for eighteen musicians because in pairs they all seem to be doing like something different um time signatures and loops and all these sorts of things are just like layered one on top of me another and i know that it's classified as minimalist music but it just <laughs> seems like it's just like a total cluster mind-blowing thing yeah. and to have these 11 dancers on stage sort of weaving in and out of all of these kind of phrases that happen yeah. in in the in the music was it was really stunning, and there were there were different parts that I think stood out more. Um, what were some of the parts that stood out for you? Um, well, just the amount of uh, the amount of running that they were doing, and not mm. just that one scene, but the amount of quick movements they were doing, and not slamming into each other or tripping each other up. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That the, the control. Um, and the dynamic between dancers. They were always making eye contact. They're always aware of, of where each other was, but not only each other person, but each other's body parts as well. Yeah, the nature of the performance seemed really chaotic. Mm -hmm. Like it seemed, it was choreographed, but it seemed really improvised and very kind of natural and fresh. Like they were discovering it as they were going along through each of these phrases. And the eye contact, that sort of, feeling of newness with each movement really, really kind of spoke to, I don't know, kind of the edge of the seat feeling that mm -hmm. I got a little bit. Um, there was one part in particular where um, three male dancers were together maybe for, 
a six or seven minute chunk and they're they're in constant contact with each other all the time on two points, either hands or feet. Mm-hmm. And they're actually shifting their weight between each other the entire time, which is, it's it's difficult to describe mm-hmm. in that, you know, other than like there was a guy holding one other guy up by his head and <laughs> and hand and yeah. then holding the other guy up just with his other hand. Yeah. Like it was, it was, it was it amazing. It wasn't circusy though. It wasn't circusy. It was very mm-hmm. flowy, you know, and it was about balance and, uh, and uh, you know, pressure points in the body. Like they were always hitting a hip or, yeah. you know, standing mm-hmm. on a hip or, or, or keeping each other afloat, so to speak. There was really no mm-hmm. circus, like someone standing on each other's shoulders. You know, yeah. It was, it was all, it was all about sort of like a natural flow of yeah, weight transfer. Um, yeah. And you could see there were, there were rules that they were following in each of these sort of phrases. And you could see like, okay, now they, they know they hold it for this long and then they have to move and there's just the amount of trust and risk Mm -hmm. that was taken uh in some of the parts was just fantastic and i also have to say the the running part just like being able to run at that like three-quarter time like with the feet actually hitting Mm -hmm. um all like all the beats Mm -hmm. and so the dancers are running in circles basically on that on that timing and they're kind of picking each other up like in in schools of fish sort yeah. of like they pick up another one and then another one comes in and changes direction and then they all started running backwards <laughs> <laughs> i thought at that point they were going to do the whole thing up to that point in reverse <laughs> they did choreograph it all no but it was and we'll was, just play the music in reverse <laughs> exactly. and you won't be able to, tell. Be able to yeah. tell yeah <laughs> oh but it was just uh, the amount of of, of 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 trust of skill the rehearsal process but they weren't just they weren't just like jogging they were they were sprinting they came out sprinting mm-hmm. and uh to not plow into each other or to trip each other up or to touch a foot you know mm-hmm. just a slight touch of a foot would send someone sprawling and with the speed they were going, you know, that would be a heck of a tumble. So, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, just the uh, the amount of control and uh, the amount of skill that those dancers had was it was just it was amazing. Again, I hate to keep using the word amazing, but it was uh, yeah, very <laughs> amazing. Well, and it was quite virtuosic too. Yeah. I mean, like I don't I don't know that. I mean, there was there were a couple parts where there were like some nice barrel rolls and yeah. like big jumps and things. But for the most part, the dancing was actually quite low to the ground. Yeah. A lot of floor work um, and just kind of the is very very like in tune with each other mm-hmm. sense um but i want to ask you since you know between ailey 2 and don quixote yeah. there were some pretty clear narrative ideas in mm-hmm. those dances mm-hmm. in 11 accords it was a little bit more obtuse yeah um how did you feel about that well, i lo- there are different styles and i liked the uh, the the free jazz aspect of uh the one that we uh, that we just uh, the toronto dance company is that correct toronto dance theater sorry Dr- yeah. toronto dance theater that we just saw uh, Brian Webb's uh, opening of his season. Uh, I really enjoyed the jazzy side to it because they were playing with each other uh, and they were sort of making it up as they went within the rules. Like you said, there was rules. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that, especially for a young troupe because it was fun. You could see them smiling every once in a while, right? Mm-hmm. And they were really enjoying it. Like they discovered it. something new. Exactly. You know, yeah. And just that, that creation, that momentary creation, the improv of, of dance, I guess, mm-hmm. without being too loose. You know what I mean? It didn't lose their their theme or their their feel that they were going with of the night and uh yeah from beginning to end it was like looking into a beautiful fish tank 
Yeah. Even the groundwork was like, you know, there's certain type of fish that play in the sand at the bottom of the, you know, <laughs> they're flipping it up. And I just, uh, I just, the whole thing worked for me, the whole theme of fish work. Yeah, there was um the, a lot of the floor work and everything, there was kind of a lot of planking mm-hmm. and um, like sort of like lunge stretching movements too, because a lot of the movement would be sort of sustained. One or two da- dancers would sort of sustain something and then the other dancers would sort of like cannon through and, yeah. and catch up to it, which was, which was neat. But the other thing that I noticed... Um, um, about the dancers themselves is how individual they all were. Yeah, yeah. Um, the personalities shone through. I, I, I particularly liked one guy. I don't know who, who what his name was, but he had a beard, <laughs> <laughs> and that was great. <laughs> yeah, I liked I like uh, bangs and braids. There was a girl with bangs, mm-hmm. and there was a girl with a braid. That's yeah, a, but they were. Uh, the, the girl with the bangs was tall and she looked like a volleyball player. Can and you pinpoint was, what you liked about her movement? I think it was just that she didn't really, I don't want to say she didn't look like a dancer because that's very not fair to say to her, but she, she stood out because she was muscular, she was athletic, mm. but so soft touch. You mm-hmm. know, it was just so graceful. She still had that grace uh, that uh, that you would uh, expect from a dancer of that skill level. And she was fun to watch too because she was really enjoying it. She mm-hmm. always had a little smile on her face and she was always interacting with her eyes. When she looked out in the audience, she just wasn't, okay, now you look out into the audience. She was looking out into mm-hmm. the audience, you know, she was engaged and she was engaging. And that's what I think I liked about her. The whole, whenever she was on stage, I just found it easy to watch because she was not only very talented, but uh, she's very fun to watch. Yeah, the individual personalities started mm-hmm. going through. And I know I pick, there were a couple that I picked out as well that just kind of, I followed through because I liked their, their movement quality mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. their sensibility about how they were doing things. Um, yeah, the, the the bearded guy, he had amazing feet. He was really quick with his feet, but also able to hold his torso completely still and just kind of, you know, sort of jam out. It was, uh, he was, he was pretty neat to see. And I don't know, maybe I'm just fascinated with seeing a bearded dancer because you don't, you don't <laughs> see them very often. Um, but yes, I think actually um, you make a point about how she didn't really look like a dancer. And mm-hmm. I use dancer in kind of like quotations, mm-hmm. but as like a conventional sort of maybe ballet type dancer. Exactly. The company was really diverse um, was in body, in like uh, ethnicity mm-hmm. and everything. And that was, uh, it was, it was great to see um, because they danced as as a community. Really. They were there for each yeah. other. You mm-hmm. know, that's I really like that team aspect of it. They were always looking at each other and. Making sure, yeah, and you mentioned at one point, you know, someone someone was walking backwards and they could have bumped into each other, but someone just put a hand out. You know what I mean? Just that sort of like, mm-hmm. we're all part of a of a creative a community here and let's make this the best we can. So. Yeah, again, that just that level of trust between mm-hmm. the performers was, it was really nice to see because as much as you felt a little on the edge of your seat, like what is happening next? Because it seems so new and improvised in a lot of spots, but it also just like, they felt very safe and they and really happy. They felt mm-hmm. like they were enjoying it and speaking to each other, but not with words, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. So would you say you got it, Trent? Oh, I got it. I knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't don't think that to say that I got it, they might describe what they were doing and I might be way off, but I don't think that that matters because I enjoyed what I saw. Um, and I thought about, you know, in four years, could my son watch it, enjoy it? I thought very much so. And then I thought, could my, you know, 70 year old mother enjoy it? And I thought very much so. Um, and it's just something that when done well, dance is very, very interesting. Uh, it's very engaging, and that's what I, I was interested in. Engaged before we knew it, it was over. You know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. 
and uh, because I didn't know there wasn't an intermission. Um, and when they went off stage, I'm like, oh, okay, there's the intermission. There's the 35-minute intermission. Right. But the whole thing was over. So yeah. um, I found myself engaged through the whole process. Yeah, it was quite, it was, um, overall, it was a really actually relentless piece. The mm -hmm. movement didn't really stop at all for 65 minutes mm -hmm. between these 11 dancers. It was, it was really great. And also what, one thing I liked is that they had the wings taken up. So you could see the dancers sort of in this, on, along yeah. the sides, the mm -hmm. ones that actually weren't part of each phrase or whatever. They were watching the other ones, yeah. you know? So they were all still involved and like in that community of it. Definitely. Which was great. Well, Trent, thanks so much for coming along and uh, and covering for Paul. No problem. I had a lot of fun. I like having fun. I like smiling. <laughs> I like enjoying myself. That's great. Well, we will. <laughs> That's great. Trent. Well, great. We all like enjoying <laughs> ourselves. Well, it's it's good because sometimes you know I don't like taking people to things that you know they feel are going to be painful for them. <laughs> I can't wait till you take me one where I just get up and leave halfway. <laughs> just be like, like, okay, I'm offended. We got to choose a really tough one <laughs> exactly. next time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, again, Trent, you're awesome. Thanks. Uh, you're mm -hmm. a good bud for for doing even two two in the same week that was great um so everyone we've got some uh we've got a little bit coming up at, in october still for other dance performances there's one called disintegration october 16th through 18th at the arts barns with uh brooke leafso um from the mind hive mind hive collective sorry and a group called cripsy uh, so the this performance is actually about deconstructing disability and the ideas around um, non-normative movement. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm uh, excited to see that. Also coming up is Alberta Ballet's Three Musketeers, another story ballet, cool. November 7th and 8th. Then uh, the Good Women Dance Collective has their annual Convergence Showcase, November 20th and 22nd. Yeah. And we finish off November with the Prairie Dance Circuit, uh, which is also a Brian Webb dance presentation, November 20th. 22nd and 23rd and let's see this year the prairie dance circuit is winnipeg's contemporary dancers um forever in blue jeans ming han and the exhibitionist by reina waddell who's from edmonton cool. so that's all cool and yeah i guess paul will be back but maybe you'll come back some other time Trent. whenever you need me i really enjoy it I've enjoyed my three times. So. Great. Okay, and we'll take we'll take the little guy next time and see if he likes it too. Well, I don't know <laughs> if he'd be able to stand it because he likes to breastfeed and he's very loud about it. Oh yes, he, he's, he's a still, loud eater. He's still in that phase. Yes, he's a very <laughs> loud eater. It's like someone like trying to shoot spaghetti through a potato gun. It's very loud. Sweet Lord. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Um, Wet spaghetti through a potato gun. <laughs> dry spaghetti wouldn't work. Okay. Thank you for listening. Go watch some dance. Bye. <laughs> I Don't Get It is a podcast produced by Poglina, Fonda Mithrush, and Andrew Paul. It was recorded in a blanket fort in the Tall House on Alberta Avenue in Edmonton, Alberta. Our website is idontgetitdance.com. You can follow us on Twitter at I Don't Get It Dance, and you can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Our theme song is Mountain Time by Ghibli. Follow his music and check him out at ghibli.bandcamp.com. Sit here,